Cannons on the Run, episode... Uh, shoot, uh, nine. <laughs> nine. A Norbertine podcast centered out of St. Norbert Abbey in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm Frater Jonathan Turba. And I'm Frater Jordan Meek. And we're here to talk to you about our experiences as men in formation as we continue on this run we call life. Speaking of runs, we specifically went on a run this morning and the temperature was zero degrees. Zero. On the money. So for those of our listeners who don't live in any northern state, this is normal. In the wintertime, we actually think, oh, look, it's not below zero. We can totally run. And it's Fahrenheit, so it's not zero Celsius, which is 32 degrees. Right. Fahrenheit. You were being so considerate of our international listeners. Way to go. <sighs> we have tons, by the way, listeners, in case you're wondering. Like Lots two from of, Japan. Which is makes us an international podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we went on our run this morning, which was great because we're in Chicago. So we went for a run around <clears throat> Chicago, similar to yeah. episode eight. We're recording both of these in one weekend. I think weekend. Washington Park we ran through and the University of Chicago. Yeah, that was fun. I didn't have my contacts in though. So everything, I could see everything, just it was a little fuzzy. Little fuzzy. Which I don't know if having my contacts in would have been good anyways, because within the first 10 minutes of our run, my eyes were hurting because my tears, I think, were freezing. <laughs> Some of us have uh, lower stamina. Got to run in negative. <laughs> uh, I do. I do run. There are just some days, you know, where like the tears are just flowing because yeah. it's just crying. Dude, it is. So it pain. is such a weird feeling when you start getting crystals on your eyelashes. Yeah, but it's fun. We love running. We love running. So that was a good conversation. We did our usual run and chat. Yeah. And then had a little prayer, a little breakfast. And then we went to St. Alphonse's Parish on the north side of Chicago. So uh, not to put the cart before the horse, but hopefully professing solemn vows to the community. So anticipating diaconate ordination after that. So trying to find a place to be a deacon. St. Alphonse's I came across on the internet, and it was a lovely uh, liturgy and lovely place. Mm -hmm. They had wonderful music. There's really a beautiful royal blue color in a lot of the arches on the ceiling. It was a nice looking church. Really young parish, too. Mm -hmm. A lot of young families, and uh, even got to meet a niece of a Norbertine who was in Rome. Yeah, that was fun. So there were two instances in one church in one day where people walked up to us and both times on the first try said, hey, are you guys Norbertines? Oh, yeah. Boom. Oh, yeah. They knew they knew their habits. Yep, they did. They knew their habits. What a successful morning it was. Yeah. And now here we are recording. An idea popped into my mind for this topic when I was driving back to Chicago to start the spring semester from De Pere coming up off a winter vacation, and I was listening to this recording that my mom gave me by Father Larry Richards. Mm -hmm. So listening to Father Larry Richards, who is my dad's, uh, one of my dad's favorite priests after going to a conference, he's like, you got to listen to him. You got to listen to him. And so dad told me this like a year ago, and now I'm finally listening to him (laughs) because mom got me a CD on a topic in which Father Richards is speaking about vocation. And an idea sparked in my mind when I heard him talk about an instance as a young priest, in which at a parish he was giving mission talks. And he told this older priest who was at the parish, 
I am really exhausted in giving all these mission talks. And the older priest told Father Richards, isn't that beautiful that you're pouring your life out for the people of God, you know, bringing about God's reign. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) mind blown. Isn't that beautiful to exhaust our life for the people of God? I think this gets back to a podcast we had earlier about life as gift. Again, our life isn't about us, but about other people. And it's not about other people just for the sake of humanity, but for the glorification of God. But there's a fine line between pouring ourselves out, pouring ourselves out, and then totally neglecting ourselves, right? That there has to be, as people like to point to, self-care. Absolutely. And we made the parallel when we were talking about how important that is in running. Mm -hmm. So when you're marathon training, you really had to pour yourself into that. You really had to pour yourself into every day committing to running again. So to some degree, like what Father Larry Richards said, you know, it's good or what he heard. um, It's good to, you know, exhaust and pour oneself out for the reign of God. So this is there's a specific direction that one's pouring oneself out for. With the marathon, if you just pour yourself into this fast race and that's all it's being poured out for, you get injured because Mm -hmm. then you don't listen to what you need and you just keep going, going, going. I think there's a great temptation for people training for marathons to follow the schedule exactly for Mm -hmm. training runs. And they're so focused on the schedule that they're not listening to their own bodies. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, is your body needs the rest like I definitely notice while I don't want to rest I notice that the day after I allow my body to rest and not run I feel great on the following day's run Mm -hmm. to put that analogy into our lives even if we plan for a rest day even if we plan for a day to take care of ourselves it's okay to then say the next day you know what I don't think I'm still I don't think I'm there yet I don't think I'm really or at least even recognize going back into a work week or something, you know, hmm, that was helpful, but I can tell I'm going to need another rest day soon here. So just Mm -hmm. to take note of that, instead of thinking like I took a rest day, I have to be okay now and Mm -hmm. and force through it. So we talked about the creation story specifically, how that even says for us in scripture that, you know, on the seventh day, God rested. And in preparing for this, I was looking at the sections of the catechism that talked about rest and, you know, the seventh day of rest and all that and discovered really rich language, specifically under a heading that says a day of grace and rest from work. And so this is in the catechism, it's paragraph 2184 first. And it says, just as God rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done, human life has a rhythm of work and rest. The institution of the Lord's day helps everyone enjoy adequate rest and leisure to cultivate their familial, cultural, social, and religious lives. And that's the end of that paragraph. That last part is what really stuck out to me. It's having the institution of the Lord's Day, recognizing the Lord's Day as a time to rest and using that word rest as a big umbrella for these things to cultivate familial life, your cultural life, your social life, your religious life. That's just the tip of the iceberg of that, those parts of us that we need to take care of. God created and he gave a day of rest. And therefore, if God can rest on a day, we too are invited and called to rest and give glory to God on that day for working in the creation. Rest is essential. Mm -hmm. So for this specifically then, I mean, we talked about 
Rest looks different, obviously, in whatever vocation you're called to. So our lens is in religious life. So to share a little bit with you all, our listeners, about that, we hear from some of our confreres advice that they were given, they pass on to us, that in religious life, because Sunday essentially is filled with beautiful, glorious, but still filled with work, you know, we're helping out, like as a musician for me, I'm helping out at multiple masses sometimes. A priest might be presiding at multiple masses. Um, Any of our brothers or other religious might be helping as pastoral associates. I mean, there's just a lot happening Saturday and Sunday, which is beautiful and wonderful. So then the advice we're passing on in the religious life is make sure you still have one day a week where you are intentionally resting in this sense that we read out of the catechism, that you're cultivating prayer, life, family, social, all those parts Mm -hmm. of yourself Take care to have time set aside for that. Rest can't be the email catch-up day because that's not resting. Rest can't be like, you know, try and do some other backwards thing to catch up on. Detach from that and just have that time. And then I love the, the phrase I was given was, you know, set that time aside and guard it as best as you can. Like it's super, it is absolutely necessary to have that time. It's, it's amazing. Even in my, just as, as a second year novice, that I can tell after a four, five, six, seven day stint of just working in various capacities, it's all joyful work that I love doing. But I start to recognize the toll, like we were saying in marathon running, I do start to feel this restlessness in my body. And I'm starting to get better slowly at recognizing that means I haven't put aside that adequate time to cultivate yeah. you know, deeper prayer or whatever, just to be present in my relationship to God so I can be better to, for others. I don't do well with rest days as I should Mm -hmm. like I I build in rest throughout the week but giving one specific day is really really challenging Mm -hmm. but this is what we're invited to do Mm -hmm. right our culture right now of of just go 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 goal driven um keep active keep moving it's it can become problematic and and this is where I found it interesting in reading uh the book the benedict option which you lent me Mm -hmm. It states, work is good, but it is only good relative to its participation in the unfolding of God's will and for the benefit of others. In workaholic modern America, we have lost the sense of vocational meaning. Work is a good thing, even a holy thing, but it must not be allowed to dominate one's life. If it does, our vocation could become an idol. And, you know, as religious or priests, we're not exempt from this. Mm -hmm. We individually can fall into this trap. And so um, there's kind of like this phrase um, in what Norbertine life looks like. And we we like to say, well, I mean, other religious communities use this too, Mm -hmm. but call ourselves contemplatives in action, Mm -hmm. right? But we can say that the Norbertines were the first. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Naturally. (laughs) You know, this is this is interesting. Our schedule obviously breaks up the day for moments of prayer and also moments of ministry or work. But in the Middle Ages, there were these debates of what was the holier life? Was it the life of a contemplative or life of an active? Well, there weren't any mendicants on the scene yet, so Norbertines or Canons Regular were viewed as the active life, while monks... Uh, like the Cistercians were viewed or Benedictines were viewed as this contemplative life. And so there were these debates going on between the Cistercians and Norbertines of, you know, which one was more holy and pleasing to God. And so one of the passages that came from that 
is the famous passage in the Gospel of Martha and Mary. Martha is portrayed as the active in the story, and Mary is portrayed as the contemplative. And of course, the Gospel passage, Jesus says, well, Mary has chose the better part. So the Cistercian monk goes, aha, see, Christ said so himself, that the contemplative is the more holy life. Mm-hmm. In which the Norbertine came back and said, no, it is neither Martha nor Mary, neither the contemplative or active, which is the more holy, but it is the person of Jesus Christ who is the teacher. And so we are called to be teachers of all. So the story goes, these things are both good, the active, the contemplation, as long as they don't lose sight of Christ yeah. and Christ's teaching. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, and so, again, our life is to live in that tension of contemplation and action of fueling both both kind of fuel each other and we have to try to balance that and so and so i see a real problem when myself or another confrere is heavy on either end Mm -hmm. um, because their ministry could take them away from our common life of contemplation Mm -hmm. or a too contemplative life uh, takes them away from obligations or responsibilities they might have in the community or in the in the in a parish or you know mm-hmm. the the wider diocese, and so we're we're invited to try to juggle all these things, mm-hmm. which is tough. Right, and it's one of the beautiful parts of community of common life, I think, too, because it happened to me one time coming zipping in from Saint Willibrard and then coming straight to. Um, some liturgy at the Abbey and being asked, you know, are you being run ragged? Like, are you going back and forth too much here? Mm-hmm. It wasn't accusative. It was a question. Are you okay? You know, and I said, yeah, I feel fine. Mm-hmm. But it was a good reminder that, oh, this appears very busy to them. So maybe I should take a step back and recognize for myself, am I too busy? Am I, you know, going back and forth? Mm-hmm. So I really liked, I think that's the beautiful part of the common life that we live is that while we're balancing constantly between contemplative and active parts of our life, we also can bring that up with each other, you know? Right. That is important when you have somebody to kind of mention, hey, you seem out of balance, Mm -hmm. you seem out of whack. It's noticeable when life is a little bit out of whack that ultimately it does come down to the prayer life because our schedules become Mm -hmm. so saturated with tasks, uh, things to get done, that if we don't build in that contemplation period, we're not being fueled. We're not being energized. And so, you know, this was one of my novitiate classmates out in Philadelphia. Father Bill was with the Archdiocese of Philadelphia for a long time, and he celebrated 40 years of priesthood. And he, to me, was a great mentor in just saying, you need to take time to be with the Blessed Sacrament. And he pointed to Cardinal Bernadine, a beloved cardinal of the Archdiocese of Chicago, started every morning. He made time to be with the Blessed Sacrament mm-hmm. in, in the chapel, mm-hmm. to be energized, to reflect, to gain that fuel, to, to share in the mind and heart of God. Mm-hmm. But the irony is that when life feels best or when I feel like I am doing best at balancing things, terrible irony is that that's often when I struggle to maintain regular prayer life. Like you mentioned, we have too many tasks to do. But if it's at that kind of balanced moment before things start to go downhill, so like, oh, I got through all these things, it felt really good. And if I don't slow down and reflect, or if I didn't have like a good established pattern of prayer life that I didn't realize I fell out of that, 
then within, I mean, the next morning, probably, you know, things are just going to go rapidly downhill because, you know, oh, it feels good. But ironically, that's when we get, it's easier to fall into being self-absorbed instead yeah. of recognizing everything went really well today. Thank you so much, God. I'm so thankful for everything you did for me and it all went well. And I need to continue to put aside all that time to pray, to be contemplative and to open my heart to God. What is the practicality of this in our lives? You know, all these great ideals, but what does this look like? You know, we've shared our perspective as seminarians, as people in religious life, but we know for parents, for grandparents, for people who have full-time jobs um, at like a school, if you own your own business, you know, those all look very different. Your, your pace of the day and what rest looks like. So the main thing that... Um, I'd say we're talking about is, you know, just to be intentional and aware about where you find rest and relaxation. Um, I read a reflection earlier today and that helped me reflect on my own um, evening patterns that after a busy day, before I go to bed, it is really easy, I realize, to want to have like a song playing or a podcast playing or to look at email, like just something on my phone before I go to bed. And, mm. you know, to realize like that in itself is that weird instinct that's not actually letting me truly rest. Like I actually don't need to do any of those things. Right. I should just probably open up a Bible, like a paper Bible, like not in a, on a phone, but just a book and be with God or just go sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament or just sit in my room in silence for a minute thank God for the day and go to bed. So to be, for all of us, to be intentional about what that rest looks like, finding that time to rest in the sense of rejuvenating ourselves in our presence with God and giving God the glory that God deserves by honoring the Lord's day and however that plays out in our lives. Amen. I mean, not about you, mm -hmm. not about us, but about God. And so in taking care of ourselves, in serving God, walking this tension of being contemplatives in action. Mm -hmm. I guess we have more um, more questions and answers. Mm -hmm. But it's how we become our better selves. We become our more true self if yeah. we do that. You know, that it's yeah. about not about us, it's about God. You're right. So we'd love to hear uh, your thoughts uh -huh. on the topic. Maybe some examples of how you find meaningful contemplation or meaningful ministry mm -hmm. in your own life. So we'd love to hear from you. You can do that by going to our website, www.norbertines.org. Click on the podcast tab to see our other podcasts. There's also a drop-down tab that says contact the podcast team. Click there, you'll see a little form, and that'll send us an email of any of your feedback that Father Jordan was mentioning. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, or anything struck a chord with you. Make sure to check us out on iTunes. Uh, give us a rating of five stars. Leave a review, a positive review. Uh, but, you know, if you don't like us, you can leave a negative one, I guess, too. Uh, constructive feedback, we call that. Constructive feedback. <laughs> yeah, like, if you hurt my feelings, I might cry. <laughs> and if you haven't, subscribe on iTunes as well, because then you'll get these iTunes updates right away. So if you right haven't away. yet, subscribe. Subscribe! All right, that's all a wrap. All right, we will pray for you all. Please keep us in your prayers that we all remember in this busy world to find true rest and relaxation that is honoring God's will and who he has made us all to be. Beautiful. As we continue on this journey in life, in one heart, one mind, on the way to God, St. Norbert, pray for us. Mm -hmm.